Now, y'all know we're kind of wrapped up here. Same thing about wrapping up at our time with the uh, um, Epiphany Tide. This is our last Sunday of this series, Our Holy Home. And I tried to, because I know like you go a few weeks and sometimes you maybe aren't able to be here a week, tried to give a good summary of what we've done over the last few weeks uh, since kind of uh, we ended Christmas time and we're moving into here. So take that at your leisure um, as a reminder of the, of the seven weeks that we've been reflecting on this together. And like every good thing, right, eventually we've got to go. We've got to head out on the way. Eventually, the parties that we have cease. The good conversations end. We give hugs. We say goodbye. We put our coats back on, and we say goodnight. Things end. We, of course, have to leave our homes to get groceries, to get supplies, as much as it would be nice to have a permanent unending supply of things to fulfill our every need, unless you are um, a, a, a prepper of some type of survivalist, chances are good you do not have everything you need all the time readily available in, in your cellar. So you've got to head out. And for most of us, we have to get into our vehicles and we've got to head away. And lots of times, the last piece of our home on any given day that we will depart, we will touch our driveway. It is the last place that our bodies, our vehicles, everything we touch will be part of our property before we head along our way. So it is, in a lot of ways, whether we think about it or not, a really important threshold. The same way that our front porches, our, our front yard is, a, is one, our coat room is a threshold, so is our driveway. It's often the last place that we double-check what we should bring with us and what we should leave behind. How many of you do the same thing I do where I go, keys, wallet, cell phone? That's not the, that's not the right order. Keys, wallet, cell phone. I check that in my driveway. How many of you sit around in the car and it's like, oh, is there one thing I forgot? Oh, and you get up and you head back into the house and you come back. The driveway is the last place where we make sure that we've got everything we need for our journey. And we might actually, at the same time, take things out of our car when we're in the driveway and take it back home, right? Frankie, you don't need six stuffies for an overnight. We can take two of them and take them home. Because it would be a fight if it was four or less. But obviously... If we're going to go on any journey, we can't carry everything, right? We don't have enough room. We don't have enough capacity to carry our entire home with us in our vehicles. I don't see any RVs out there right now. So none of you that are here today are literally carrying your entire home in a vehicle. So I'm guessing that for all of you that are here today, you left something at home on this journey to be here today. We try to carry enough provisions for the journey we know is coming up as best as we can predict. So the question I think that we have to think about today is, what are the provisions that we need to carry with us as we leave today and we head into the journey of Lent? 
starting in Wednesday with Ash Wednesday and ending at Palm Sunday. What are the things that we should carry with us during Lent as we're leaving our holy home, our time of rest over the last seven weeks? If you remember, we, we prepared ourselves through Advent. We said, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. We spent two weeks in Christmas saying, Jesus is here. And now we've spent this time between Epiphany and today thinking, well, what is it like to enjoy being at home? What do we carry from our holy home as we head through Lent? And I think the transfiguration text today and our thoughts about transfiguration give us a good chance to think about what God invites us to carry. You see that Jesus brings his three particularly close disciples, right? Jesus had three that he tended to run with a little bit more than the others. And so the four of them go up this mountain and they're hanging out and all of a sudden there's this burst of light. Oh my gosh, could you, I mean, could you imagine, I would freak out if I saw this guy who I'm following suddenly light up like a light bulb. And the clothes are the same. It would be wild. The disciples are understandably overcome by what they see. Wouldn't we all be? And then Jesus shining like a sun, but that's not it, right? All of a sudden, Here's Jesus hanging out, having a conversation with Moses and Elijah. And as readers and hearers of this text, we should keep in mind that there's a reason why these two folks are here. Moses and Elijah. Think about how important those people are in our biblical story. Moses brings the people out of Egypt into the promised land. Frees them from their enslavement, carries them for years in wilderness, and brings them home. Elijah, one of the most important, one of the first prophets. One of my favorite stories, he would get together, he fought 50 different prophets of Baal, this you know, this other God that was being worshipped and basically mocked all of them. He was powerful, he was strong, and he was able to keep the people as best as he could turning back to God. This tells us what we think about this transfiguration story. These three together, here is Jesus with two of the most important figures that are moving the people on their journey, keeping them safe, going where they should go. We're getting prepared to go on a journey. Things are going to be different in a short time. And what was the response of Peter? Sweet Peter. Hey, you know what? Listen, I'm glad you all are here. I'm glad you're having this conversation. Why don't I get a couple tents? We'll get you all together. You know what? I'm sure, I'm sure I can get my, my brother to like whip us up something. We'll just have a casual conversation. We'll hang out, right? I mean, why wouldn't you want to kind of keep the whole son Jesus and like the prophets hanging out, right? Let's, let's take all of this good stuff. Let's keep it as long as we can. Let's hold it. Let's be here. Let's make this a home. 
Jesus. Let's make this a home. Let's set it up. Let's put the tents in. We're here for good. There's a temptation, I think, in these moments when we can gather around the home to bind everything up, to hold it so closely to our hearts, to make sure that it's preserved in a way. We must make shrines for the important stuff. Let's make these tents. Let's make sure that you're all here and you're going to stay where you are. But of course, Jesus has another task in mind. Do you notice that there isn't even a conversation about this? Like, you know, there's other times when Jesus will rebuke the disciples and, and, and discuss with them. Jesus doesn't even do that this time. It's just like, you know, you almost wondered, like, did Jesus roll his eyes at Peter? Like, of course, Peter, this is, uh, am I not surprised that you want to put everything up? No, what happens is a large cloud and a big booming voice saying, this is my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Done. Jesus is like, come on, we got to go. Don't tell anybody about this until I'm done. Jesus knew where he was headed. No tents are made. And it's time to head back down the mountain again. It seems then transfiguration, this reality of who Jesus is, God's son, the beloved, in whom God is well pleased, is not carried by way of physical manifest, the type of thing that we can pick up, put in our cars, and go, but instead it is carried in our hearts through our stories. It is something we hold with us along the way. The journey that we will take from here to the cross is a light journey. It's one that we don't get to put a bunch of tents up. We don't always get to take the bright and shining moments and hold them and to be able to pass them around and say, look how good this is, or... Even more, we can't just now say, everybody come up to the holy mountain. Guess what? There's three tents. Jesus and Moses and Elijah are here. Come on up, be healed, and then be on your way. No, it, we take this moment, and we have to go. Things are happening. I was admittedly in a bit of nostalgia a couple weeks ago. I happened to go through... Um, some old John Mayer songs. And for any of you who are about my age, um, know that that's kind of an embarrassing admission that, like, I spent time listening to old John Mayer songs. But in his first album, he wrote this song. This was 2001. I was finishing up my first year of college. So, you know, anybody who's that 19, 18, 19-year-old first year of college, for whatever reason, songs that happen at that time, they're like your 16 Candles songs, Right? He wrote this song, it's towards the end of his first album called Three by Five. And I won't play the song for you, but the last couple verses were really striking to me as I was thinking about this sermon. He says at the end, Today I finally overcame trying to fit the world inside a picture frame. Maybe I will tell you all about it when I'm in the mood to lose my way. But let me say you should have seen 
that sunrise with your own eyes. It brought me back to life. You'll be with me the next time I go outside. No more three by fives. Just no more three by fives. You can also tell, I mean, and this is funny because it's funny how this ages me. You can tell we're talking about three by fives pictures and not something on a phone, right? Gosh, and that was 2001. That wasn't that long ago. I am. I am so old. Gosh. Back in my day, we didn't take pictures on our phones, right? You'll be with me the next time I go outside. Just no more three by fives. You'll be with me the next time we walk with Jesus. Just no more tents. No more tents. Our invitation now, we've got to spend seven weeks thinking about home, thinking about rest, thinking about recuperation, thinking about what it means to just be. Jesus is inviting us to go. To go with him. And wouldn't it be nice if we could just gather all the good feelings, all the good things, take snapshots of everything that we've witnessed as good, and then be able to say to everybody, look what, look what happened here. But does that truly ever Tell the story of the chance that you see the sunrise for the first time and you know that you're one of the first to see it. Does it tell the story of the hug, of the long-awaited reconciliation with the person that you have been fighting with for years? Does it tell the story of the time that you watch your children do things that you have hoped for for years? Does a picture truly tell the story of believing that we follow the one who God, God's self, said, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased? I wish it did. It would make all of this so much easier. It would make evangelism just a bunch of check marks and stories. It would make outreach far easier. But it never does. It's never enough. It doesn't tell enough of the story. So I think what we're left with on this Transfiguration Day is we were able to once again experience Godlight with us. For a moment we again see that this is true, that this is real. We have a moment to sit in our driveways and look at our holy home and say, yes, there is something beautiful here. And it's time to go. It's time to tell the stories. time to carry with us what we experience as life-altering and invite others to come with us 
to tell stories of beautiful sunrises, of lives changed, of faces illumined by God like now is our chance. Because after a time, there won't be enough at home and we'll need to go. So as we leave our holy home today, I ask you to think about what is it like to carry the stories of Jesus in your heart, not as snapshots, but as invitations for others to join with us. You'll see that sunrise, not the three by five. What's it like to share and experience that with somebody else? To me, if, if that is how we're able as a community to experience the next few weeks of Lent, when we get to the other side, how much more beautiful of a celebration it will be. So here's your invitation to Lent. It's a light journey, but it's one we share. Let us pray. Gracious God, for everything you give us, we give you thanks as we depart our holy home and we head on our journey. May we carry with us the stories, not as images to project, but as invitations to share with each other. Help us to embody all that you give us. In your son's name we pray, amen.